I want to encourage you on the 20th and the 21st of February of this month, if you have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and not been water baptized, it's a great opportunity. We do it at Saturday night service and on both Sunday night services. It's an awesome time. It's a time you'll never forget. Also, if you've had an encounter with Jesus where you've come into a deep relationship with him, it's a great time to get baptized. So I want to encourage you. You can sign up online. Uh, It's just an awesome time. We'll be doing it in all three services. Also, too, make sure you pick up on the way out. If you haven't gotten, uh, we start our new semester in February, as Andrew mentioned. And so pick up your rock group book. Anyway, uh, I got to tell you, uh, I, I love Leif so much. He's such a great friend. Uh, we have seen so many things together. And I want to tell you, when you go to a place where you have machine gun bodyguards around you and your life's in danger, uh, it just bonds you in a deeper way. And uh, I am so grateful for Leif. I, I'm, I'm grateful for his courage. I'm grateful for his ability, uh, his ability to walk in the supernatural, his ability to bring to other religions the reality of Jesus. Would you give him a great hand as he comes? which isn't unusual for me. But anyway, I forgot to mention in the back, we have buckets. And so anything you give into those buckets will actually go uh, to the trip that we're making to Pakistan. It'll go, all go to Leif. And so it won't go to me, but it'll all go to Leif, but it'll make it possible to do some of the things that he'll mention at the end of the service. But it's going to be a very, very key strategic trip. Anyway, it's all yours. Okay, we are back. Okay, just wave to me and let me see all of you beautiful people. There is no exception in here. Everybody's beautiful. Say wow. Wow. Say it backwards. Say it upside down. You're doing pretty good. Are you doing well? Are you doing well? There was about five, six of you that were doing well. What about the rest of you? Are you doing okay? Wow. One of the biggest joy I have uh, when I'm coming here to the Rock family, uh, we started last night, uh, uh, JR and myself, we always have a nice dinner together, and then we're going back into that room that is uh, one of my favorite places in the world. Uh, the, uh, we're going into the secret place, and we just spend time. We spend time with God and spend time with one another, and it's just that the weight of God's glory was just there last night. So even when I was going to go to bed, you could still feel that lingering of the glory of God. And I just love his presence. How many here likes his, how many love his presence? Okay. Because if you have his presence, you have everything. But if you have everything, but you don't have his presence, you have nothing. And I just, uh, I just so much treasure. There were so many years in my life as a Baptist pastor that my dream and my desire was to be able to see, to be able to see the presence of God linger among people. And we have some old, old saints. I still remember Oscar Nierheim, and I know that's not a typical name here, but Oscar and some of these people were sitting there and they were praying, a group of old people. 40-some years they've been praying to experiencing what we're experiencing here. But they never got to see it. And here we are today, coming in and we are worshiping. And we can just sense the tangible presence of God. Because somebody has been paying. That's why we are playing. 
But now how do we steward this presence? So because what was the ceiling of the previous generation has now become our floor. But how do we take this floor and we build a ceiling so that the next generation can live under an open heaven? Where there is not just a visitation, but habitation. I'm dreaming. Wow. And that's what I want to see. And my life these days is no longer just going over to the darkest places in the world because it is my calling. Part of my assignment is the grandkids I still do not have. I am paying a price now so they don't have to go to movie theaters and have suicide bombers. I'm paying a price now for the next generation to be able to play. For them to be able to experience freedom. And uh, I am so privileged as I've traveled to 50 states, 78 nations, to be able to live during the greatest time that the world has ever seen. And I have so many, many, many stories to tell you since last time. But I felt very quickly that last year, it was almost like when I was here, there was a mountain that you were on. And God invited you to go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And some of us, we feel like some of the opposite has happened. Have you experiencing that? I mean, you certainly have the word of God over your life, but the opposite. But I want you to know, man builds bridges, God builds valleys. Let me say that one more time. Man builds bridges. We think when God says, I'm going to take you from this mountain to this mountain, glory to glory. And to go from glory to glory, you have to be in glory to go from glory to glory. But then what we have a tendency to say, okay, let's go, Jesus. And he's going down the valley. He said, hey, Jesus, where are you going? Come up. That's where we're going. He said, yes. But this is how it looks like. And there's been this little dip, and it looks like that, but I'm seeing you coming up, but I can see the mountain clearly. And I do feeling that when you're getting up to that very place, that the good news is you're going to experience something you've never experienced before. But then there's going to be another invitation to go from glory to glory, and then there's another one of these. So I just wanted to give you a couple of tools. We're going to watch a video, and then I think I have a word for you. I brought one of these with me because I have decided to carry this. It, it, it weighs less than a lot of books and CDs. The amazing thing of technology. On here, there's 12 messages. One of those messages, the battle you fight after the battle you won. How many of you have certainly have had an encounter? You've had a word, and then the opposite happened. Just wave to me. Uh, you suddenly have a promise, and then the problem comes. Uh, you, you suddenly say, here is breakthrough. This is the year of breakthrough. And then there is the breakdown. <laughs> well, I can see you. There, there's something prophetic over you. And then you come home, and there's something pathetic. <laughs> well, I see a new level of anointing. And then uh, in the next moment, you feel more annoying. It's the battle you fight after the battle you won. It is this thing before this happens. But if you do not understand, you will not know how to value. You will not know how to steward. You will not know how to take care of it. And you will not be able to make to the other side. So then you just have to go back again and do the same test again. And you don't want to have to do the same test again because you want to go from glory to glory. And then the other thing happens is you start to get frustrated with God. And it leads to disappointments instead of divine appointments. Another message that I feel that's on here that is very important, and it has to do with learning how to develop oil of intimacy with your lover in this season. How to be able to be still, and how rest is your new weapon of warfare. You're going to learn the hard work of rest. 
and there is a place because you only have authority over the storms that you can sleep in. Just talk to Jesus. In the middle of the storm, he is asleep. Why? Because where his father is, there is rest. And then you can speak to the storm that is around you when there is shalom, peace on the inside. But then there is also oil in this season where you can burn brightly without burning out. You don't have to burn flesh. You can burn oil of intimacy. Learning to go into the secret place to find some secrets. The purpose also to being in a secret place is to get secrets. The biggest challenge sometimes when we come out of the secret place, somebody wants you to write a secret book. And it's no longer a secret. <laughs> Let's do a secret conference. Who wants this? Okay. Can you, and here soaking, learning, what you are beholding is what you're becoming. Learning the hard work of rest. That there is more productivity in rest. JR, can you give that to somebody? Sure. And then here is another one. Seeing in the middle of everything that is going on, seeing through heaven's eyes. If you have not read this book, I encourage everybody to read it. How do you see God? How does God see you? How do you see the world and how do you see the future? In the back. Okay, we're going to watch a video together. Are you ready? Okay, let's fasten our seatbelt and let's get search.
<laughs> I just met him last week, not in person, but just on YouTube. <clears throat> and then I decided to bring him with me everywhere I go. But there's something unique when I was looking at him that brought something alive in me. It took me back, JR, when we stood there in the front and you have 60,000 people. There's been all the burnings and the bombs going off and I'm standing up there and I get to release my sound and shalom comes in. The presence of God came in there and just to see the atmosphere changing. I realized what, what I was created to do and to be. Sometimes it is easy to forget Forget who we are. And when we don't know who we are uh, and who God says we are. I've been in a season that after I left here, I had these amazing promises over my life. And when I left here, a big guy fell on me the week afterwards. And then when that happened, uh, a little piece of bone went into my sciatica. And I crashed to the floor, and then I limped all over the world, went in Thailand, got hospitalized in Thailand, and then it just continued to get worse until I couldn't walk any longer. And finally, I mean, every day I stood on the promises. I stood on the word of God. I believed that I was going to get healed, and eventually we were doing the big event called Planet Shaker in Australia. I said, if I could just make it through this, but then I collapsed. And before you know it, I was hospitalized. And for the next 13 weeks, I entered into the hard work, excuse me, the hard work of rest. 13 weeks just being in his presence. But the sixth day after my surgery and during my darkest moment with the worst pain going on, I was just laying there and Jesus showed up. And uh, in the middle of your storm when Jesus is just showing up, it changes something. And he just revealed himself again, who he is, so I could get the new fresh revelation, who he is, so I could get the new fresh revelation, who I am. And there's something when I'm looking at each one of you, I'm telling you a couple of stories, putting about a scripture verse together, and, and I would love to unfold this more for you. Tonight is going to be a very significant night. I, I really have felt it in my heart for a long time. It is when you're going to experience shalom. Shalom doesn't mean just peace and the absence of problem. Shalom means completeness and wholeness in your body. How many would like to experience that physically be healing? How does it feel to not have this pain? After 18 years, 19 years, broken neck, broken back, tumors, scars all over my body, and then suddenly God says, Leif, let me just give you an invitation into the future, how it feels like. Not talk about in heaven, but he just showed me how it feels to have shalom. And now I'm on a journey towards it, and not living towards shalom, but living from shalom, from peace. How would it be in your mind when you don't have the war constantly going on in your mind, but that you're fighting the war from peace? instead of towards peace. And then what about in your hearts? What about in your relationship? What about your finances? What about the community? And etc. How would it look like if there was rest on all sides and there was no adversary and no evil occurrences? I just felt that the enemy is trying to wear us out in this season. And we have so many battlefields going on the inside that we are not ready to fight the giants that are on the outside. We're being overwhelmed. So in the middle of that surgery and in that season, God just reminded me, Leif, he said, Leif, who were you before the foundation of the world? And I asked you the same question because Ephesians 1 is very clear that before God created this world, he had you in his mind. So who are you? What is it about you that is so unique? What is it about you? And then the second thing is, even before you were in your mother's womb, he knew you. Psalm 139. So who were you before conception? 
We have a Greek mentality instead of a Hebrew mentality. And we have a tendency to try to analyze that because Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. Well, I thought he was slain 2,000 years ago. No, the Bible says he was slain before the foundation of the world. God is in an eternal and God is eternal, and he thinks eternal. And when we are tapping ourselves into thinking the way God thinks, then suddenly we realize there's things that we have access to, both of the future we can bring into the present, but things from the past that we are going to be able to recognize the very DNA of God, how his faithfulness has just been with us, and how his goodness continued to overshadow us. And we're just getting overwhelmed, and we're getting so much in awe in the awesomeness of God in what he is doing. So anyway... We're stepping into a place in this season. Yes, there's been a lot of shaking going on, but he is placing us on a place, a sweet spot, where you're going to find your voice again. Could you see that boy had found his voice? I don't know if you're realizing. What was it about him? Could you see confidence? Could you see clarity? Could you see purity? Could you see that when he was singing, he was changing the environment because this environment was changed? You teach what you know, but you reproduce what you are. It was not just somebody that had a song. The song had a boy. And he just released what he was. He didn't go up on the stage with the pressure of wondering what everybody is going to say when he starts worshiping because he had one audience and there was one. And that father was already well pleased with him. He already had an A plus before he stepped up. That is the advantage that you and I are going to have in this season. So I'm just saying that I was reading a scripture verse and it became very, very clear. But before I do that, let me just say, God reminded me for you, why is it that many of us have more faith in fear than we have faith in hope? When what you fear 95% of the time never happens. Fear is false evidences appearing real. So many of us, we, we have anxiety and fear, but, but it is not real. It's not based upon what God says and who he is because he has not given us the spirit of fear. But it is a reality. And then we start to have faith and fear. And one of the reasons we do is because when hope, we feel hope fails us one time, so we go back to fear. And God says, why do you have more faith in fear than you have faith in hope and love? Because perfect love casts out all fear. And when you are in love, as I'm saying, love keeps no record of wrong. But love never fails. Fear always do. And out of love, there is always hope. Anyway, let's look at this scripture. And I'm going to do something. I just turned 49. One of the evidences that I'm growing into maturity. Don't take picture and don't put it on my Facebook. I still want to act like I'm 30. But I wanted to read these scripture verses, and then we're going to get something for you today that I believe is going to make an impact in your life. And this scripture verse is taken from John chapter 20. And as I said, before this weekend, I had never preached this. Then the same day at the evening, John 20 verse 19. The same day at the evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut. Say, the doors were shut. And the disciple, where the disciple were assembled for the fear of the Jews. Say, fear. fear. 
Then Jesus came and he stood in the midst. And he said to them, peace be with you. When he said that, he showed them his hand and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, peace, shalom, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said that, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And here it is. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. But if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Amen. Father, I just ask that your Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation will just come. I ask that this will not just be <coughs> a written word, but a living word. Touch us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here we have this amazing story that I believe that most of us can identify. Is there anyone in this room, if we have honesty, that you are in the middle of a place where you need a breakthrough in your life? Let me just, just wave to me. If you, you need a breakthrough in something, it could be financial, it could be in your health, it could be in relationship, it could be. That means when you need a breakthrough, there's certainly that there is a door that is shut. Did you realize that? The Bible says there that the disciples who had been with Jesus and most of the people in this room, you know Jesus, and if not, you're going to meet Jesus because Jesus is about to show up. But if you know Jesus, there's one thing that knowing him, there's something else than six days after my surgery and Jesus shows up. There's something different than when you're standing up on the stage and there is just shaking going on all over and then Jesus shows up, the Prince of Peace, and everything changes. There's something that when I'm diagnosed with a tumor and, and, and I've lost 46 pounds, I'm looking in the mirror, I'm totally pale, and I'm looking in that mirror, and I know I'm going to die. I smell death, I look death, and I even feel death, and I talk death. But then eight days before, Jesus shows up, and I'm looking in the mirror, my face glows, that pale face. And then when Jesus shows up, something changes. He's always been there, but there's something different when, personally speaking, he reveals himself to you in the middle of your circumstance. And that's part of what we're going to experience. So here is the situation. The disciples, I mean, they have left everything to follow him. They've been with him for all these years. They've committed their life. This is our life. This is what we have trusted in. This is our promise. This is our security. This is our life. This is our rabbi, our teacher. This is our spiritual father. And then they watch as the Jews take him and pull him away. And we know the story about this brutal, brutal crucifixion. And the disciples, they're going into a place and they're going into a room and they shut the door. Say, shut the door. That means they are closing the door from anything that can come in. And they're hiding themselves in a room. And for some of us, it can be in a room of fear. One is hopelessness. One can be rejection. One can be loneliness. It doesn't matter. But it's just a place where Jesus is not right in the middle of your circumstance. Are you getting it? Nod your head if you're getting it. Wave to me if you're alive. Okay, good. <coughs> so in the middle of this, <coughs> excuse me, here Jesus suddenly appears. Say suddenly. 
And this is what I want us to experience. In the middle of everything, JR has just had a certain experience lately. I've had a certain experience on January 13th, <coughs> on my birthday. There was this subtly they came in. And that's what I want you to experience. So he didn't knock on the door. He doesn't have to knock on the door. He, he didn't even have to unlock the door. The door is shut. It seems like impossible. I don't know if he walked through the walls, but suddenly Jesus is right in the middle of him. And that's what we're going to invite today, is for Jesus to come right in the middle of whatever is going on in your life, to show up where you're going to be able to experience him. And when you're experiencing him, some of us are getting so overwhelmed because we're so used to the circumstances of living with a place where the door is shut, where you need a breakthrough, but it doesn't seem to happen. So the next thing that he will reveal to you is peace. Say peace. He says, peace be with you. What he wants in this season more than anything else is shalom for you to be able to experience peace, peace, peace in the middle of everything that is going on. Peace be with you. And after when you can then, you experience a peace. I don't know what happened. Jesus just came in and there is peace. Then he will reveal himself to you. You maybe think that he was dead, but he is actually alive. Whatever you're going through, if you're sick, he is your great physician. If you're struggling with your bills, he's suddenly coming in as your great provider, as your sufficiency, as your abundance. Whatever you're going through in the middle of your sadness, suddenly he's coming with oil of gladness. Whatever you lack, he says, I am. Just think about any issue that you have in your life. And the answer, he says, I am. I am. I am. The only response you get when you get the revelation of that is, you are, you are good, you are sufficient, you are my healer, you are my cancer doctor, you are my surgeon, you are my provider, you are my peace, you are my strength, you are my life, you are, you are. And then something will change, the people around you will say, he is. He says, I am. We say, you are. And the people around us will say, he is. Then from that very circumstance, he does something else. The Bible says when he revealed himself, because listen, who Jesus is to you is who Jesus will be through you. Let me say that again. Who Jesus is to you is who Jesus will be through you. So when you have a new encounter, an upgraded encounter with him, we're having a new experience with Jesus, a new experience with his presence, a new experience of his glory, a new experience of seeing his face, hearing his voice, feeling his love. The Bible says, and they were glad. Say glad. glad. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. And then the joy of the Lord will be your strength. So in the middle of your circumstance, it is totally possible. I lay there after my surgery with so much pain, and I just started to laugh. <laughs> the joy came because Jesus, my joy was there. And I know that somehow in the middle of my storm, I know I'm going to get to the other side because Jesus is in the middle of the boat, and he is at rest. So I can be at rest. Are you hearing me? So Jesus is there, and now the joy came back to them. Jesus is here. We're not alone any longer. Jesus is here right in the middle of what's going on in our church. Jesus is right in the middle of a marriage. Jesus is right in the middle of a community. Jesus is right in the middle of what's going on. Whew. 
pressure is lifted. And then, in the next moment, he does something. He, he said, as the Father has sent me, I send you. And he breathed on them. He said, receive. Say receive. receive. Receive the Holy Spirit. Here's the next step in this process. It is that we are going to get a refreshing, a renewal, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is for you. This is for this church. Are, are you hearing me? There's been, there was a time and, and a lot of people want to leave. I want to jump ship. I want to go somewhere else because in the middle of I don't know exactly what's going on. And then suddenly Jesus shows up. And that's what's happening. This weekend you're going to see there's a whole shift going on. There was things that was put in place. But the reason was because you're going to go from glory to glory. So he took you through a little season. But now he's taking you back up here. Amen. Individual and corporately. And from this very perspective, everything is going to look different. So in the middle of all of the things that is going on, he releases an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And you get that refreshing of the Holy Spirit. Because when he breathes up, whoo, Baba! The dove is back. No longer pigeon. Pigeon religion is very difficult and they make a lot of mess. What we have had is we had a dove visiting us. And then in the next moment we go back into a cave and all the doors are shut. And we have pigeon religion. And instead of being anointed, we are annoying. So suddenly there's rest. There's peace again. He's here. His presence is here. And his presence changes everything. There's healing in his presence. There's renewal in his presence. And I could tell story after story. Let me just tell you a couple of stories that just took place recently. One of our people, he's just right now, he, won, he was a person who was picking up trash. He was going around on the street. His name is Topher. Topher, as he was doing that, he found a little Bible. But then he had a fresh encounter and Jesus met with him, gave him shalom. He's the most timid person you would have ever seen. If you prayed for him and he had an upgrade, he would no longer look at the floor, he would look at your shoes. I mean, he was shy. Today he would stand up here. If I said, Topher, and I brought him here and said, give all the names of everybody in this room, tell the name, and he is blindfolded. And give a number with that name. And he will remember all your names. And he says it backwards afterwards. Supernatural. Now he stands before Pacquiao, the boxer. He's mentoring his kids. Pacquiao was just at his church, totally blown away. Senators, governors, leaders, people, military, everybody's coming to him and saying, what is this? It's Jehovah Sneaky. <laughs> Shh. There's a covert revival. Then the police officer, you know, and he won the second place in London, third place in Beijing in what they call the Olympic memorization. Memorization. And I can tell you story after story after story. This police officer in Ohio who has won the award for two years as the best police officer. And I was going to interview him. I said, how did you do that? And he said, shh, let me tell you the secret. 
I went into the secret place. We used to have words of knowledge in our church for an arm or for hope or for something else. But I realized, well, if the same God speaks and people are being healed, why doesn't he also bring healing to our community? So I went into the secret place and said, God, we have a problem. There's all these drugs and, and it's in all the newspaper and the methamphetamine and the heroin is being tracked, trafficked through here and they're taking it to Ohio up to Chicago. So I go into the secret place and God just showed me this building and the address and the number. So I just tell a couple of the officers, hey, guys, do you want to join me? We're just going to bust the biggest drug. And they come in there and they are busting it. Then there's two criminals that people cannot find. He goes back into the secret places and Papa, you can see everything. And then he leaves that very place and he comes there and he finds these people and people say, how did you know? <laughs> it's called a covert revival. <laughs> God is changing the atmosphere underneath the radar. And I could tell you story after story after story of people, police officers, nurses, teachers, people that are picking up trash, singers that are now up on that stage and environments are being changed and you can see glory is being released. But it starts with a very simple thing. In the middle of their cave, in the middle of when their door is shut, there's a fresh encounter where they're inviting Jesus to come in. And when Jesus comes in, he gives them a new shalom peace. And when the peace comes in, whoa, he reveals his new identity. And when a new identity, you get a new identity, a new upgrade of who you are and what you were created to be. And from that very thing, there's a new joy, like you could see on the face of the young boy. And from that very thing, there's a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon your life. Then you will experience a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And then he says something, peace be with you. Now as the Father sent me, I send you. And then from that very thing, if you forgive the sins of any, I forgive them. But if you retain the sins, I hold it against them. Now I have given you the ministry of reconciliation and transformation. And you represent me. You are my secret agents. How is it with you? Is there anybody here that needs Jesus just to show up right in the middle of your circumstance? Just wave to me. It's more than that. It's about 80%. Second of all, my question is, anybody here that just need a peace in the middle of it that only Jesus can bring in the middle of all of the stuff that's going on? Wave. Just want to make sure we're talking. Okay. Third one. Anybody here that just need Jesus to reveal in the middle of what's going on? Maybe for some of you, I am your healer. Somebody else, I am your provider. For somebody else, I'm the restorer of what's broken. Anybody that needs, okay. That's very, very good. Then after that, anybody here that just needs a supernatural joy to come? With all of this stuff on the news, I just, a fresh baptism because in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And then another round of peace. And then, whew, how many here needs a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Wow. The rest of you, I need to pray for you. <laughs> the, the, the ones that didn't wave to me, we're going to walk in your shadow afterwards. And everybody's going to get healed. Let's stand to our feet.
I know this is a short version. Tonight we get to unpack some more. Tonight we're going to going after all the different areas, practically speaking, so that you can have an encounter with peace. Shalom. And there's going to be an impartation. Say impartation. Tonight is an impartation service. Say impartation. Today it is revelation. Say revelation. Of who Jesus is and who you are and what's going on. Father, I just invite in the middle of all the doors that seem shut, in the middle of all the rooms, some rooms of hopelessness, some rooms of darkness, some rooms of weariness, some rooms of guilt, some rooms we just need Jesus to show up. And I want you just to think about whatever your circumstance and invite Jesus, Jesus, show up. Say, show up. Come, Jesus. Whew. More. Something happens. <laughs> In a second, when he's showing up, he's saying, peace. Peace to you, Mike. Peace to you, Yvonne. Peace to you. My peace. I'm the prince of peace. And I want to release my peace to you. And then he says, let me show you who I am in the middle of everything. <laughs> I'm your healer. I'm your provider. I am your peace. I am your joy. I am your sufficiency. I am the God of second chance. I am your total forgiveness. I am, I am. And you and I in our spirit say, you are. You are my peace. You are my love. You are my healer. You are. And then the manifestation around us says, he is. And then, whoa, I release my joy. <laughs> Let the joy come back. Jesus is here. I know things have not changed yet, except for that Jesus is here, and everything's going to be okay. <laughs> I got peace. So I just release right now <laughs> that the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. And then, Father, just come right now. I want you and I just to do something together. I want you to breathe in. Breathe out. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Just receive it. It's a gift to be received. <laughs> Not the pro problem to be achieved. Just receive it. And he said, as the Father has sent me, I send you. And you get to represent what you have experienced and to give it away. Hold your hand on your heart. Yeah, it's happening. Whoa. Hmm. There's peace all over the place right now. <laughs> but 
but there's also an exchange taking place. Sorrow for gladness. There's actually healing taking place. He just says, be. Just be still. Just be still and know. Be still and know that I am your God. Father, I just thank you for what you're going to do this week. And I thank you tonight when we're going to experience the supernatural shalom and start a lifestyle of shalom where the enemy can no longer coming into our lives, into our family, into our businesses, into our finances because there's a safety zone called shalom. Even cancer cells cannot live there. I thank you for that. And I just want to bless the rest of your life. Let me say that one more time. I am going to bless the rest of your life. Amen. Powerful, powerful. Hey, I want Leif to tell you where we're going to go. This is incredible. Uh, so tell him, this is what we're going to be doing real soon. <laughs> and we need your prayers, but go ahead. We can't tell you when it is yeah. publicly, unfortunately, but go ahead. We, uh, one of the assignment was, there was the school killing, if you remember that earlier, uh, a few weeks back, where 146 children was brutally, I mean, it was a brutal slaughter by the terrorists, it was the Taliban. And we just feel in our heart that we are supposed to, with the very thing that I shared with you today, is to coming in there with shalom, in the middle of Taliban's territory, and we're going to go to that school. And when I felt the Holy Spirit says, I want you to go to that school, I said, well, that's right in the middle of Taliban's territory. And he said, yes, I know. <laughs> you just talked about the storms and, and the peace. And then I want you to bring healing and restoration. And I want you to bring top Muslim leaders and Christian leaders. And I'm like, nobody wants to do that in that place. Can we do that from home? And he said, I want you to go. I said, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to pay for it. And he said, don't worry about that. That's my business. And then it didn't take long before, actually two days before I came here, I think it was that the top Muslim leader of the nation just called me and he said, hey, Dr. Leaf. My name is Leif, but he called me Dr. Leaf. He said, Dr. Leaf, we have this big uh, government and we have a peace conference in Islamabad. But then we're going to go to the school where the killing would take place and we're going to have prayer meeting with Christians and Muslims. I want to thank you because you're part of this, folks. You're part of changing the world, and that's going to be an incredible thing. Is it dangerous? You better believe it is. But how do you know we got a God who has angelic hosts? <laughs> and so, man, I am so excited about this. But anyway, I'm going to ask the ministry teams. Leif and I are going to stay here, particularly if you can't come tonight. We're going to pray with you. But uh, I want to just speak a blessing over you. So ministry teams, why don't you come? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to release shalom. We thank you for the opportunity to release everything you are. But we thank you even more that we get to take this to a lost and dying world, to people out there who don't know you, who are struggling, or who do know you and are struggling. We get to bring it, Father. And we thank you for that opportunity to change the world. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. 
God bless you. I love you. By the way, I know I, bu- I hug you back there, but I'm going to hug you from here. I'm going to pray for people as they come. God bless you. I love you. And we'll see you tonight.